the potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. Because <laughs> they raping everybody out here. Should, now, a, should a Jewish I baker think, be required to bake a I Nazi think wedding Muslim cake? Millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, how about that? It feels kind of like we're up the creek. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry. I'm the boss. That's how about right. that? And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. Well, I'm not a crook. If we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Had your kids, had your wife. Whole binders full of, uh, of women. You just gotta keep on paddling. You know, I got talking blood, man. Streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the internet. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. <laughs> Welcome to Up the Creek. So there's, I like, I don't know, because Q is like, you got your conspiracies, you know, like the blue beam and um, aliens and fucking, uh, what's it called? The propaganda. I just drew a blank. Um, Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Yeah. You know, MK Ultra, all those conspiracies that like conspiracy theorists and like alien enthusiasts have like always like known about forever. But then Q's like way out here in left field, you yes. know, and it's like, and then they tried bringing in like Mockingbird is like part of it. Well, you know, that's why I, just, why I did the, uh, the blue beam one a while back was because as I was just kind of going through stuff, I was like, well, this is kind of the, I mean, it, it's its own thing, but it, it's in the same direction in the sense that this is another one of those, well, it's the, it's the grand conspiracy that rules everything because, mm-hmm. because it takes every single little conspiracy and throws it into one basket and says, here's the real plan, right? Yes. And then so the Q stuff was really just the next take of a Project Bluebeam. It's a, here's the big cabal thing and everything they're doing in one thing. Right. And just it, with the Q thing was different though because there was this added layer of... Uh, Donald Trump, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Bluebeam is just sort of generic Illuminati, you know, whatever. Right, right, right. I do have a confession. I listened, <laughs> listened to your Bluebeam episode, like, five times in a row the other day. Because <laughs> I was like, I listened to it, and I was like, oh, no, I gotta listen to that again. I was listening on to work, then I, was, I listened to it, and then I was like, I think I got a third time in. Then how's that work? And I listened to it, like, two more times. Because I was like, I don't know, it, that... I was gonna go look up some videos on it. You ought to, you ought to just read the Sergey Manasts. Uh, I linked to it on the the blog for that episode. Yeah, I heard uh, you were saying that. His his essay that he wrote where he proposed the mm-hmm. blooming thing. It's yeah. really pretty short. Uh, oh really? Yeah, I debated whether or not just to to read verbatim. I just felt like, well, I don't want to do that because it would be a little bit off. long, a little bit clunky, and then yeah, ripping off. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's one of those two where I wondered uh, how far down the rabbit hole should I go with it? Because there are like all these kind of offshoots and like in his essay, there's things that he puts more details in and things like that. But mm-hmm. I felt like it would just be so far into a rabbit hole. It's better if I just kind of keep it vague. Sure. And then if sure. it makes people curious, they can go chase it on their own. Well, and know? part of me, I was like, I was going to go look up some videos and then I was like, no, it's like, if I'm going to at least support somebody, I might as well be like a friend of mine. So I just like, oh, fuck it. I just kept giving you listens after listens. So sure. there you go, man. <laughs> I think I gave you probably a nickel or something, but anywho, um, where'd my mouse go? guess we can jump into this. Been bullshitting long enough. Uh, Do I sound really echoey or is that just me here in the headphones? No. Okay. At the same time. I thought you might've sounded a little bit, um, Are you, look at, are you, is that knee we're facing right towards you? Uh, grab your little clamps here. Now it is. Now, because it should be just like the flat part you're talking into. Right. Is that better? That is better. That does sound a lot better. A lot better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, so we'll jump into this. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about besides the stuff you put in here from last week? Um, the stake thing American work ethic dying that's a damn truth because fuck it let's just jump into this cause uh this really kinda make me want will make me want to go on a tangent and talk shit on unions yeah it's infinite <laughs> tangents yeah uh so the title of the article from the Wall Street Journal is is American work ethic dying 
And yes. <laughs> well, so one, they made it too easy, in my opinion. When COVID, you know, and we won't even go into COVID on how it, well, it's all was blown out of proportion. But with the, at one time when I got furloughed uh, last April, I was getting 488 a month from the unemployment, which is your basic, what you would get in, in, the, in the state of Kansas for the max. Plus they had the extra $600. And I think I've told, said this on the show before, but, and then I was getting an, an additional, we, at the job I have, they have an additional thing when you get laid off or get fired or something. It's called an income extension aid. So in the end, I was making my full salary on unemployment pre-taxes. Yeah. So I was actually bringing home more than what I normally bring home. And there's a lot of people that are making more money because of that extra 600 Yep. Yeah, because you got to figure, uh, you know, you have a really good job. And not that these other jobs aren't good jobs, but a lot of people just, you know, working at a restaurant or retail store mm-hmm. or whatever, they're getting the unemployment, which is really close to their normal pay. And then they get the extra benefits, you know, the 300 the 600 or, mm-hmm. or whatever it was they were tacking on on top of that. You got to raise to be on unemployment, right? Yeah. And yeah. so if you're at one of those jobs at like, you know, Megacorp, buy my underwear place, like, you don't give a shit about going back to work for that place. You no, know? absolutely not. But what the article, I think, the title at least anyway, ties is that there's not a feeling of like, maybe pride's not the right word, but that you have to do something, that I'm responsible for me, so I got to figure something out to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like, even the look on that guy's face that's on the picture of the article mm-hmm. is just like, Woe is me, the struggling victim. Somebody please come save me. I don't want to have to work for, yeah. you know. Because capitalism's theft or whatever. Well, and, and it, you know, whether it's welfare, well, really unemployment is welfare. It's any form it really of welfare is, yeah. that's like that. It's just, it's so accessible and it's so the norm now. You know, and. I can go turn that off. You can if you want. Should I? Yeah, might as well. All right. Be right back. I could I could do noise reduction, but it may. We got a fan going. So I guess for the listeners, because Wade took a little quick break to go turn something off. We we I remember I told you, told you guys we had, we're moving the studio, and we moved it to Wade's house in his basement. And there's a loud fan he's going to turn off so we can give you guys the best possible product as we can. Because that's what matters. You are what matters to us. And that's why we do this show, because we do it for you. Mm-hmm. Once I buy directional mics, too, it really will help out with, uh, doesn't, you know, we've talked about it before, with all the outside noise, so. So these don't do the cardioid? Do what now? The, what, the cardioid or whatever was just in front? I don't, I thought it was both sides, but I don't know. It, it sounded better when you turned it around, because. Yeah. I've always just recorded from the kneewer, um, but I thought you could record from here, but maybe you can't, I don't know. But I do know it takes up too much. Yeah. You know, because it's not a directional mic. It's a whatever cardioid mic, condenser, whatever the fuck they're called. Anyway, um, that guy, you said they're talking about that look on that guy's face. So, yeah, the woe is me shit. Like, uh, there's so many places right now hiring. Like, I was reading some other states are like, they're no, we're done with the federal assistance. We don't need any more. Stop. Because we have tons of people that, you know, that or tons of uh, places that are hiring, but nobody wants to go get a job because we keep just paying them to stay home, which is what they, the Democrats want. They really right. do want this. But, you know, I just drew a blank. I was going to say something. I just drew a blank. Oh, um, w- assistance is fine, but there has to be some sort of end. You can't just give assistance with no end in sight because then, you know, look, we use universal basic income. You're guaranteed to get, you know, $300 a month for the unforeseeable future, basically forever. And you don't have to do anything. You can just sit at home and you can get that. Then what? what's the incentive to go do something? Kind of like, 
even like food stamps, you know, you can always be on food stamps. So there's no incentive to try to to get ahead because many people are are completely fine just in in the situation they're in, as long as they got food coming in. And like, eh, you know, I don't really need to go do anything. I can keep my you know deadbeat part time job where I barely make ends meet, just to you know keep the feds off my ass because I have a job, but I still get all my other assistance. Like, what is the point to get ahead? There is no point, and that's why I, the government has become dad. I mean, that's what it did for yeah. poor communities. You know, back when all this stuff got started, and I don't, you know, that probably wasn't the intention, but hmm. that's what happened. Is it was, you know, and if you look at community in a nuking the nuclear family, that's a big part of it because now divorce is much easier because I can just go get this, mm-hmm. you know, collect this, and yada yada yada. Sure, yeah. I forget. I don't. If there was a podcast I listened to a long time ago, probably a Michael Malice or like a Dave Rubin. But they're talking about, uh, like, uh, food stamps pre-food stamps, you know, pre-federal food stamps and assistance like that. And assistance was around. Charity, it's there. But it's like, you know, you're only going to get it for so long. We're not going to keep just bailing you out and bailing you out and bailing you out. You know, eventually, you've got to go do something. That's why, do away with all this shit. And if if the government wants to have some sort of assistance, fine. That's okay. But it, it needs to be, like... Okay, here's when you start, and then here's when it ends. You know, like uh, grants to colored people or whatever. You know, like, all right, we're going to give you this. It's it's not even a loan. You can have this money to start a business, to start that generational wealth, to build something up so your family in the future can be set. But instead, it's like, and, and, and we know why they do it, because then they always got that vote. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're giving us what we need. Well, of course they are. It's... It's like an abusive relationship. They're keeping you around. They're giving you just enough to keep you around. I mean, when there is no incentive to go out, I mean, that's... Well, in in stupid shit like the COVID lockdowns should mm -hmm. have never happened in the first place. It's not not. government's role to, you know, edict that you're all going to go to prison if you do stuff because we said so and we decided what the risk is going to be and what the risk is because, well, uh, trust us. Because it doesn't really have anything to do with that. It has to do with an attitude of feeling and projecting like they're the do-gooders, mm-hmm. right? Moral authority. Right. And then so it's just an excuse to to pay all this shit, and mm-hmm. here we are. I think it's ridiculous that people actually will sit here and tell you that that's their job. Their job is to make sure that we're, this, we're safe. And no, it's like that. No, their job is to protect all. the liberties that are enshrined in the Bill of Rights. Yeah. That's it. It's your job as an adult to take care of yourself. And, and and this kind of goes like super crazy like you know if you got rid of cops and stuff but like me and the wife were talking one day and she was like well you know if it's not their job to go protect us and stuff she goes whose job is it i was like it's ours my job right i was like get a gun i mean go protect yourself and i know that's kind of like you know crazy if you you know go way off that to that side but at the same time like that's it's really the truth it was people have been relying on the federal government for far too long and then it's just giving them this power, because then it's you've got these needy people, and it's like, okay, we'll just dangle this carrot in front of them, and then they'll keep coming back for more. Right. And, you know, I said I was going to go on a tangent about unions, and, and unions don't help. And I've told you, like, Well, you know, look at the teachers' unions, right? We need more and more and more and more and more, but we also don't want to work. Oh, and by the way, since we're public employees, we're still getting paid this whole time that we're off. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're like the last holdout, even though everybody else has gone back. They're the ones who don't. And I think that's just kind of endemic of a lot of unions in general, is that if the group thinks it's getting something, it's never going to vote to go somewhere else. Like, you know, an example is in my folks' house. They have a pond. And uh, my folks usually throw out, like, bird feed, but a lot of times they just, like, kind of throw it on the ground. And then, you know, deer and whatever else come up and eat it. Well, they've had geese hanging around. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the geese come land, and they eat up all the, you know, the scratch grain or bird feed or whatever, and uh, they don't like the geese, right? Uh-huh. So they quit putting grain out, so the geese will leave, but the geese still, like, they hang around and they're stubborn, right? Uh-huh. Like, because, like, they're there all day. Like, yeah. the deer, you know, they show up at night. You might not ever, ever even see them. Sure. They eat a little bit, and they leave. Um, and that's labor unions. You know, there's a, a trough with pig slop in it, and the pig slop is federal dollars, and then there they are yeah. gobbling at it. And, you know, to mention unions... You'd have to bring up the PRO Act, too, which is actually getting lumped in with the uh, 
America infrastructure, yeah. blah, 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 plan they're trying to pass that would basically make, it would eliminate right to work states so that if you are working somewhere where there's a union, you'll have to start paying that union dues whether you like that union or not. That's ba- that's wild. It is like, extremely is, wild. Talk about theft. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we can sit here all day and say taxation's theft, you know, that libertarian, you know, saying, but like that's like, we're going to force you to join this club and pay monthly, you know, fees. Don't care if you get nothing out of it or not, because in the end of the day, there's so many laws put in place. Like, you don't really need unions anymore. No. There was a time when, yeah, these, you know, iron factories were making people work like 16, 20 hours a day or something crazy. I would, I would dispute some of conditions. that, too, because the union is not what brought about the end. The union did not give you the eight-hour workday. The eight-hour workday was coming as a result of industrialization yeah, where people no, no longer had to work like that. And those things got established, like, before unions were really even such a big deal, mm-hmm. you know, but unions act like their attitude is, and that might be slightly true, but that's not something that a labor union or a group of labor unions actually achieved. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. And people tend to always gloss over the fact that the labor unions were started by basically mafia, right? They were, yeah. I mean, it's an extortion plan. This is the exact same thing that gangs do in poor areas of, like, L.A., where they extort a protection fee for all the houses or all the businesses on their block, right? Yeah. And that's what a union does. It's, you pay us money for this job at this place, mm-hmm. whether you like being in this place or not. And, uh, you know, there is some benefit for, like, a corporation, because now instead of having to negotiate with, you know, a thousand workers, they negotiate one time, and then the union deals with the terms. So there is benefit to it. Mm-hmm. And if unions are genuinely coming from a standpoint of, like, you and me and 10 other guys do something and we're really good at it and it's unique. And we say, okay, well, we're the ones who do this, so we're kind of going to control what our wages are, so let's have a talk about it. That's one thing. And unions do that to some minor extent, but all the big unions, like you see, like the Teamsters and the Teachers Unions and the IAM or whatever, mm-hmm. they're giant corporate crony unions. This yeah. is this is not a union that represents no. five people. This yeah. is a union that's just like, uh, everybody give me 70 bucks a month and we'll try not to butcher it too bad. Yeah. That's all they do. It's a business. Yeah, it's a business. And then and they make very and then they get kickbacks from Yeah, Democrats. yeah, their buddies come pay them off yeah. and says, "No more right to work state." And so like where we're at, you know, the union, that just means they're going to get a whole bunch more dues money from people who otherwise would not have given the union money because they think, fuck the union, because they see what the union does and, you know, what it actually achieves. And that's not to say that all unions are necessarily terrible, but, man, we can't pretend like the unions are yeah. doing anybody any favors. I mean, these are basically machines, like where I'm at, for protecting the laziest worker, right? Mm-hmm. The least common denominator. Make sure he gets his butt wiped. Yeah, um, but that's the only person they benefit. Absolutely. I mean, this uh, you, it's another prime example of we know what's best for you. You're too stupid to make decisions at work. Like you couldn't go quit and go get another job. You need us to protect you. You don't don't make decisions. So it's that I don't know mentality of plebes versus you know we're the elite and we know it's good. Uh, but the same thing at my job, they protect the lazy people. Yeah, I. Uh, this will kind of blow your mind. There's a a uh, manager at the place that I work, and uh, he he's been there for about two years, and he has wrote up now fifty people in the past two years for blatantly breaking policy, playing on your cell phone when you're not supposed to, not wearing safety glasses. Um, I don't know if he ever did anything with masks because masks became a thing too. But anyways. Over the course of the two years, fifty people. Now, once they get once they, they take the write up, the union steward says no. You know, uh, then they take it to they call step two, which is another meeting with the we call it the e board, but it's the you know the uh, the board of vice president, president, all those good people. And then it's the HR, a couple people from HR. And they do it every Wednesday. Every single one of these write ups has gotten turned back in step two. So it's like. Now, that's not the union's fault. That's definitely HR in with the union. <laughs> right. But that being said, it's also like, these people have broken policy. Like, policy that you guys say 
you, you, you know what? If they break policy, we understand. But yet you're here defending people and making it okay for others to know that they can break policy. Well, that's such a beautiful relationship because if the unions are, you know, basically big Democrat left-wing donors, and I mean, I don't know how anybody can go by most union posters and not see them for what they are, which is, I mean, they borrow words and phrases from actual communists. I mean, that's, very that's much so. The, the all fist, they the talk fist about, thing, the fist thing, yeah. the comrade thing, even yeah. the word solidarity. I mean, all yeah. that bullshit. And then if you figure that's like the plebs, right? Like mm-hmm. the the basic people in the union. Uh, HR is the academic woke, right? So if you have mm-hmm. the poor woke, the people that are just supposed to follow along, and then they go to HR, which is like the academic super woke, who views everybody as a victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's like the perfect working relationship where all these like big corporations that have big corporate HR departments, it's just a big joke. And the thing is, is how do businesses stay open? Well, it's because they're you know? they're in bed with the union. You know, I mean, it's, sure. it's you know, because yeah. like I said, they they like the simple flat negotiation fee for 10 years or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That's their thing. Instead of having to have an HR that actually has to do work in contracts yeah. with people based on their individual skills. They don't want to do that. No. So, you know, corporations benefit from it to some degree, mm-hmm. but it actually kind of ends up holding a lot of people back because now you're in an environment where if you have two competent people, one really lazy guy, well, the lazy guy has this job and it's not getting done and that's holding back the two competent people. Well, when the two competent people are like, okay, fuck it, I'm just going to do this so that I can move forward, and then they get in trouble for doing the other guy's job, because that happens all the time, uh-huh. then, you know, everybody loses. And then the company does less good, you know, and then that right. benefits no one in the end, not even the union. No, that, yeah. Anyway. Go to something different. We could probably talk about unions and our thoughts on them all night long, so... We could talk about how they want to take away our cows. Yeah. And chicken. And just meat in general. This is really freaking weird, though. <laughs> Cow farts, man. Well, you know, that's the... Honestly, for people that really think that, like... I, I can't buy it. I can't. Like, that that cows farting are are a big contributor to global warming. Or, sorry, climate change. No. No, no. I can't. That is something, like... Well, we all know there's no real science behind it anyways, but what the fuck? <laughs> well, it's this really <laughs> stupid idea that cattle uses up all this land and they can replace all this land with soybeans you know, and, and feed a bunch of people. But it's really kind of just ignorant of how industry and, and calories and stuff work. And I mean, yeah, there's always ways to be more efficient with land. And, you know, sure. could we find ways to be better at like beef production? But... I, I, it's not really even worth breaking down because it's just such a dumb thought. Like it, it's it's just this eco vegan beta warrior thing. Well, and and you know soybeans is like whatever is in soybeans that like mimics estrogen. Soy, so the more yeah. soy, yeah, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> the more soy you eat, the less manly you become. Sure, I mean, but that's what they want, right? Right. It's like maybe these soy boys need to go eat a steak. And quit, you know, and then they'll be like, well, we should definitely keep these animals around. <laughs> I don't know. We could jump conspiracy hardcore and talk about that, about how we, you know. Well, I think a lot of people would forget or never be aware that Harry Truman, after World War II, wanted to use the army to round up and nationalize the beef industry because the farmers were evil. So... I mean, this is just an extension with that. How many times have you heard FDR in the in the New Deal? I mean, hell, the Green New Deal. He's even literally borrowing image from Franklin Roosevelt's New Deal, right? And so the whole thing is just, it's taken over industry. It's it's government bullshit is what it is. And, and you know, the thing that none of these climate warriors will ever admit because they're retarded and they just lack any sort of any sort of legitimate intellectual curiosity to follow up on this stuff is... Even if you went to net zero emissions of any kind, like yesterday, you're talking maybe a degree is saved a hundred years from now. Yeah. On the prevailing model of climate change. What happens when a volcano erupts? Right. I mean, you right. Lose all that. <laughs> so so you're you're accomplishing basically next to nothing. 
and you're doing it at a huge economic cost because the people that get hurt the most by this are, I mean, think about how many small butcher shops there are or people who raise cattle or people who just want to eat beef. Or now let's go even further. McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, every steak restaurant you ever drove by, anywhere that serves a meal that has beef in it, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, that's a massive, massive industry. And so how many people are going to economically suffer because of that? Well, then what happens when people economically suffer? Well, statistics says they're going to pollute more, right? They're going to need more resources from society, you mm-hmm. know, through assistance. It's just, it's such a stupid idea. I, I can't even like get my mind around it. I would just like to throw out there that what do we call when your federal government takes over the means of production? Yeah, right. I mean, that's guy's a really nice mustache. He does. <laughs> it's just so crazy because we're the, we're the nut jobs, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, but it's right here, <laughs> you know. Wall Street Journal published this article. It's right here where they're talking about it. Well, like that paragraph that was a little further down wasn't even about beef. It was like, uh, yeah, he was, you know, remember. I have never said that I'm against fracking, you know, and then one week into office. Oh, yep, by the way, we're going to start shutting this shit down. Exactly. You know, even though in the in the debates prior to the election, he straight up said, yeah, we're going to ban fracking. It just, people have such a short attention span. It's just, it's just insane. Mm-hmm. We're goldfish. Worse than goldfish. Yeah, I, mean, no I think goldfish probably going to be the first ones to land on the moon. <laughs> I don't know. Last night we went out to dinner, and I got myself a big fat fucking ribeye. <laughs> yes, yeah. I had I thought about this, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna go out with a bang. If they're gonna make me quit eating steak, <laughs> then I'm gonna <laughs> fucking get all the steaks I can. <laughs> I did you one better. I bought two actual live cows. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That is, and, are you guys? And one of them, the intent is like to breed it and to just always have at least a cow around. That's really smart, though. Um, did you well, buy them to? So I have land, right? Sure, yeah. And and uh, I don't do anything with it, so it's going to just be a grass-fed cow. And then in the winter, I buy hay. And then, yeah, there will be vet bills in between and, you know, some other stuff. But sure. for the most part, assuming there is not some major medical issue or trips and breaks an ankle or, you know, it shouldn't be that no. big of a deal, right? So it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense to do that. And then, you know, we usually buy, the last several years, we've gotten our pork and beef you know, we go, we, we know a couple farmers and we, we go buy a pig or half a cow mm-hmm. and we just don't buy meat the rest of the year unless it's, you know, fish or something. But that's yeah. the, you know, being self-sufficient is really probably the Well, best. and even if they want to bitch about like cow farts, what they're really bitching about in those articles is feedlots mm-hmm. and the grain consumption of feedlots and how all yeah. this acreage gets used to produce grain just to go feed cattle in these feedlots. Well, the thing there wouldn't be anti-beef. It would just be encourage more people that are in my situation to produce beef, and then I can produce enough beef for, you know, a few families, Mm -hmm. basically. But I'm doing it with just grass, hay, things that grow normally, minimal stuff. The guy who processes it is going to be, you know, local butcher. And so you're, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but that's not what they're talking about. I mean, they're just talking like take all. It just, I don't know. It's just such a retarded thing. Well, and I don't uh, like factory farming. Like, as for these cows and stuff like that. I mean, maybe we should cut down on that a little bit. Have more local, right? You know, I mean, and there is something to said and something nice to know that you know, if you butchered this cow and you're like, Hey, you want to buy some steaks? And I was, and I know that came from you. I know it ate grass off your land. It's just nice knowing that I know my food didn't come from halfway across the world, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, and the funny thing is it's the FDA and government that's in the way of it being like that. Like there's regulations and stuff that prevent like the local beef farmers that are, you know, like what I'm going to be and people that are above me, you know, that have 10 or, you know, 20 cows. They're not like making a living selling cows, but they've got a lot of meat. Uh, you know, they sell to these local butchers and you, you can go into streets right now, even if you don't know anybody and say, Hey, I want half a cow and they'll source you half a cow mm-hmm. and, and get you half a cow's worth of beef. Yeah. Um, but streets can't also sell to, uh, Walmart or Dylan's or whatever. Yeah. Which right? is bonkers. Right. So local beef 
doesn't have the ability to sell commercially to restaurants sure. and, and things like that. It all has to be sourced a certain way, and and that's really the problem. And it benefits Mega Beef, right? Like, uh, you know, big companies like Cargill and, and who, whatever other label that, that, that product is on, you know, that's that's who it really benefits because they, they don't care. And they're in the pockets of the FDA. Yes, they're <laughs> in the pockets of the FDA. And, and they make they make these laws for good reasons, so they don't have competition. I mean, right. So, I mean, and while I'm a huge fan of capitalism, that part, well, that's not even really capitalism, you know, that's, I don't know what you even call that, but that, that shit is not okay, you know, to get these big corporations like Cargill in the pockets of the FDA to basically put in laws so local farmers can never become that, you know, entity or sell to Walmart or something like that. But, you know, our next place we get um, once we buy a new house, it's going to... I never thought I'd say this, but I'll probably end up planting a garden. Not a big one, because you know my life growing up, gardening. <laughs> um, but I will probably end up doing something small, just because it would be nice to, like I said, know where that that food came from, you know? like And that's how we had it growing up. We had such a huge garden. We never bought vegetables, especially in the summertime. Everything just walked outside and grabbed whatever we needed that night, you know, make dinner. That That would be great, so... It's just work, man. We had a garden a it's couple not of years easy. ago, and I don't know. If you want to keep it and actually grow something, then you have to actually put in the work to weed it. And yeah, sure, you can go spray chemicals and stuff, and I guess whatever. I mean, I tend to try to stay away from that stuff a little bit, but I guess it can be done. So why the dark side hacks... Hack reeks of a Kremlin. What is this about? I don't even know. So this is that gas pipeline that got shut down. Oh. Yeah. So this is saying basically that it was a Russian-linked group that shut down this gas pipeline in the eastern U.S. Mm -hmm. And the article is making the argument that uh, this is an asymmetric strike. So it's basically kind of like an act of war in a sense. So if we have sanctions against Russian higher-ups then some, you know, Russian-linked hacking group goes and does something like this mm -hmm. and extorts money from the Americans. So it's never going to upfront look like Putin did it or the oligarch did it or a military did it, but it's kind of the same thing. But it avoids the media story. Mm. Or it was the CIA. Yeah, which I find to be the most plausible same reality, in my opinion, because, I mean, think about all the shit that's gone on the last year. I mean, at some point... When do you stop and say, okay, what are the fucking odds that like, yeah. all this shit is just stacking up, and stacking then, up, yeah. stacking up in the midst of the current climate that we have where there's yeah. this big push, you know, the great reset, build back better, change the world. Then they just start, you know, conveniently having all these little accidents here and there. And it's never really enough to totally like flip over the chessboard. It's just enough to be like the death by a thousand cuts, mm -hmm. right? Like here's a paper cut. Here's a paper cut. Here's a paper cut. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if that KGB officer back from like the 50s or whatever, maybe it was the 60s. We should just play that one of these days and just have it like in one of the episodes, you know? What is it? I, Do you I remember what it's called? I, I can't remember the title. I'm sure if you just typed in KGB guy, it talks about, you know, whatever. Uh, communist takeover in America or whatever. I don't know how long it is, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you hear something like that and then look at the way we're doing things and not see that, I mean, I mean, John freaking Brennan, who was the last director of the CIA uh, under Obama, was a legit communist, like like an openly mm -hmm. communist guy, and and that's who's running the intelligence agency. And you know, you see this the RussiaGate stuff. You know, it's it, it's it's all made up, right? They pick Russia because in the American imagination they're this this boogeyman, and it just, you know what. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and play this 13 minutes long. We'll just, I guess if you guys don't want to listen to it, you can fast forward 13 minutes, 13 and a half minutes. But it's actually. good. But I, it's I, really I, good. Yeah. I highly recommend it because it's, it's a Russian KGB agent describes communism takeover of America and it's on YouTube too. Yeah. And this is in like the mid late 80s and he's talking to, a, I don't know, one of the news networks. Yeah. And we'll link to it in the uh, show notes. So well, you spoke several times before about ideological yeah, subversion. That is a phrase that... Uh, I'm afraid some Americans don't fully understand. When uh, the Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion, what do they mean by it? Ideological subversion is, is the 
process which is legitimate, overt, and open. You, you can see it with your own eyes. All, all you have to do, all American mass media has to do is to unplug their bananas from their ears, open up their eyes, and they can see it. There is no mystery. There is nothing to do with espionage. I know that espionage intelligence gathering looks more romantic. It sells more deodorants through the advertising, probably. That's why your Hollywood producers are so crazy about James Bond type of, of, of thrillers. But in reality, the main emphasis of the KGB is not in the area of it intelligence at all. According to my uh, opinion and opinion of many defectors of my caliber, only about 15% of time, money, and manpower is spent on espionage as such. The other 85% is a slow process which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, activne meropriatia in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interests of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism, American patriotism. The result? The result you can see. Most of the people who graduated in the 60s, dropouts or half-baked intellectuals, are now occupying the positions of power in the government, civil service, business, mass media, educational system. You are stuck with them. You cannot get rid of them. They are contaminated. They are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. You cannot change their mind. Even if you, if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is, uh, is black, you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. In other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. To get rid society of these people, you, have, you need another 20 or, or, or 15 years to educate a new generation of patriotically minded and, and, and uh, common, common sense people who would be acting in favor and in the interests of, of the uh, of, uh, United States society. And yet these people who've been programmed and, as you say, in place and yes. who are favorable to an opening with the Soviet concept, mm -hmm. these are the very people who would be marked for extermination in this country? Most of them, yes, mm -hmm. uh, uh, simply because the psychological shock when, when they will see in future what the, what the beautiful society of equality and social justice means in practice, obviously they will revolt. They, 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 will, uh, they, they will be very unhappy, frustrated people. And the Marxist-Leninist regime does not tolerate these people. Uh, they, obviously they will join the links of dissenters, mm -hmm. dissidents. Uh, unlike in present United States, there will be no place for dissent in, in future Marxist-Leninist America. Uh, here you can, you can get uh, popular like uh, Daniel Ellsberg and filthy rich like Jane Fonda for being dissident, for criticizing your Pentagon. In future, these people will be simply squashed like cockroaches. Nobody is going to pay them nothing for their beautiful, noble ideas of equality. This they don't understand, and uh, it will be greatest shock for them, of course. Go ahead and pause the right there. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completely Go ahead and pause already. right there. Uh, so, I mean, did you, did you catch all that? Not all of it. So basically all the people that are, like, drinking the Kool-Aid, mm -hmm. right, they're going to be the first ones that the takeover gets rid of. Well, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Because they're the ones bitching about society. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones who usher in this change. Well, 
The goal of this change is not to benefit those people. It's to establish itself. And so once it establishes itself, all the people that made their living criticizing the machine to get it to that point, sure, yeah. off with their heads. Yeah. COVID vaccines. Go ahead and continue. Oh! <laughs> uh, for the last 25 years, actually it's overfulfilled because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, uh, exposed... Lack of moral standards. That just stuck out to me. But anyway. Yeah. And not a church guy, but, you know, anyway. ...to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Fake news. Uh, even if I shower <laughs> him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he, he is going to receive a kick in, the, in his fat bottom. When a military boot crashes his then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization. So basically, America is stuck with, with demoralization. And unless, even if, if you start right now, here, this minute, you start educating new generation of Americans, it will still take you 15 to 20 years to turn the tide of, uh, of ideological perception of reality uh, back to normal, no, normalcy and, and uh, patriotism. The next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flabby, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation, uh, it's, what, what matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense and economy, uh, the uh, influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. I, I could never believe it 14 years ago when I landed uh, in this part of the world that the process will go that fast. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in, in Central America now. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Build normalization is a cynical... Do what now? Build back better. Oh, yeah. The Great Reset. Mm -hmm. The New Normal. Green New Deal. We just oh, had a okay. crisis. Right? Yeah, yeah. Depression, borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis, to promise people all kinds of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the... UBI and the Green New Deal. God, and, 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 well, yeah, the UBI, which is going to be the child tax credit, which is the new UBI. I mean, we are, like, halfway through this process in real life. Oh, yeah. I guess, well, we'll play. ...the free market competition and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C. with the benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. He will go to Moscow to kiss the bottoms of, of new generation of Soviet assassins. Never mind. He will create false illusions that the uh, situation is under control. Situation is not under control. Situation is disgustingly out of control. Sounds like the whole Most Biden administration. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> politicians, media, and educational system trains another generation of people who think they are living at a peacetime. False. United States is in the state of war, undeclared total war against the basic principles and the foundations of, of this system. 
And, and the initiator of this war is not Comrade Andropov, of course. Uh, it's, it's the system, however ridiculous it may sound, the world communist system or the world communist conspiracy. Whether I scare some people or not, I don't give a hoot. Uh, if, if you are not scared by now, nothing can scare you. But you don't have to be paranoid about it. What, what actually happens now, that unlike myself, you have literally several years to live on unless the United States wake up. The, the time bomb is ticking with every second. The disaster is coming closer and closer. Unlike myself, you will have nowhere to defect to unless you want to live in Antarctica with penguins. This is it. This is the last country of freedom and, and possibility. Okay, so what do we do? What is your recommendation to the American people? Well, uh, the, uh, the, um, the immediate thing that comes to my mind is, of course, there must be a very strong national effort to educate people in, in, in the spirit of real patriotism, number one. Number two, to, to explain them the real danger of socialist, communist, whatever, welfare state, big brother government. If people will fail to grasp the impending danger of that development, nothing ever can help the United States. You may kiss goodbye to your freedom, including freedoms to, to homosexuals, to uh, prison inmates. All this freedom will vanish, evaporate in, in five seconds, including your precious lives. Um, the second thing, I, the moment at least part of the United States population is convinced that the danger is real. They have to force their government. And I'm not talking about sending letters, signing petitions, and all this beautiful, noble activity. I'm talking about forcing United States government to stop aiding communism. Because there is no other problem more burning and, and urgent than to stop the Soviet military-industrial complex from destroying what is, whatever is left of the free world. And it is very easy to do. No credits. No technology, no money, no political or diplomatic recognition, and of course no such idiocy as grain deals to USSR. The Soviet people, 270 millions of, of Soviets, will be eternally thankful to you if you stop aiding a bunch of murderers who sit now in Kremlin and whom President Reagan respectfully calls government. They do not govern anything, least of all such complexity as the Soviet economy. So basic. Two, two very simple, maybe two simplistic answers or solutions, but never, nevertheless, they are the only solutions. Educate yourself, understand what's going on around you. You are not living at a time of peace. You are in a state of war, and you have precious little time to save yourself. Um, you don't have much time, especially if you are talking about young generation. There's not much time left for convulsions. Uh, to the beautiful uh, disco music. Very soon it will go, just, just overnight. If we are talking about capitalists or, or, or wealthy businessmen, they, I think they are selling the rope on which they will hang very soon. If they don't stop, if they cannot curb their unsettled desire for profit. Woke corporate. Keep I was just getting ready to say, man. They, that's exactly what's happening. Well, corporations. Yep. Well, and then before that, you know, he was talking more about the Soviet Union military-industrial complex, and obviously the Soviet Union doesn't exist. But you know who filled that void? China. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, yeah. they're Marxists. They came from the same cloth. Mm -hmm. So where the Soviet Union left off, did their damage. China picked up right there, and that's where we're at today. Yeah. I mean, this video's. I said earlier from the fifties. I was nineteen eighties. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was. I don't know, for some reason, I was saying it was black and white. But anyway. It's still, I mean, we'll go ahead and finish it out real quick then. On trading with the monster of the Soviet communism, they are going to hang very soon. And it, they will pray to be killed, but unfortunately they will be sent to Alaska probably to manage industry of slaves. It's, it's simplistic. I know it sounds unpleasant. I know Americans don't like to listen to things which are unpleasant. But I have defected not to tell you the stories about such idiocies as microfilm, James Bond type, espionage. This is garbage. Uh, you don't need any espionage anymore. I have come to talk about survival. It's a question of survival of this system. 
you may ask me, what is it in for me? Survival, obviously. Because unlike, I, as I said, I am now in your boat. If, if we sing together, we'll sing beautifully together. There is no other place on this planet to defect to. All right, that's it. I'm not going to give him that music. It's wild. This guy's basically, you know, hey, it's happening. But like you said in the beginning of the video, though, these people that they won't realize it until they're it's here. You know, they're getting their ass kicked into the concentration camp. Yeah. Well, and then one thing he mentions a lot is that, you know, people are programmed. And so kind of the raw conspiracy. Oh, you think they program people like Manchurian candidates? No, that's not really what he's saying. He's just talking about it's an ideology and it starts in school. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's where you get critical race theory. Right. Marxism in schools and things like that. Uh, even earlier when we were talking about welfare and how it just changes your mindset and your outlook on life and the world. Once those things take hold, your reaction to certain stimulus are predictable. Mm -hmm. Right. So look at how a certain type of political person reacts to covid, for example. That, that, that's just one example. And so you become predictable. And so now it's just a matter of constantly baiting that reaction. And that's exactly what they do. I would argue more so on the left in America than any other group today. And that's what it is. That's, that's why there's so much it's BLM, it's LGBT. It's, it's whatever woke thing is of the day, or it's, it's always an emotional appeal. It's just baiting you into taking the next little hook. Mm -hmm. To continue the conspiracy thing which also dives into aliens in space. But this has got to be the most ridiculous shit. <laughs> well, it's so UFOs and aliens was always kind of the fringe mm -hmm. pseudo intellectual conspiracy thing. You know, you go to websites like above top secret or now it would be, you the know, Black a, a subreddit somewhere. Uh, yeah, yeah. Black vault, you know, stuff like that. And now UFOs are mainstream. So you're seeing like, you know, Kim Kardashian tweets about it. Demi Lovato is going to have Miley a TV Cyrus. show. Miley Cyrus. Yeah. And uh, it's on. It, UFOs haven't been cool mainstream since like 1960. Yeah. It's now mainstream <laughs> basic bitch territory. Yeah. And, and I'll add on the Demi Lovato thing, who's, you know, now like this super gender fluid trans activist or whatever it is. Yeah. I think that all kind of goes part and part with it because uh, it's aliens have a unique appeal to a group of people who wants to escape the idea of sort of the traditional, you know, Judeo-Christian God, or even Allah, Muslim God, Buddha, mm -hmm. whatever. And you're identifying it with something that's, it's beyond humans, and it's more advanced, and maybe even more so that we can't, more advanced than we can comprehend, but it's still something real and tangible that in theory could be explained or you could catch up to. Sure. And so it's a stand-in for... God for the kind of modern atheist. Yeah, atheist, yeah. scientific mind, whatever you want to call it. And I find it interesting that, and not to say this is like the absolute, but like Lovato and the gender fluid thing somehow being a part of that. But it makes sense because from my perspective, if you are an image of God, which if you're in the Abrahamic faith, which are the biggest religions in the world, right? That's Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Mm -hmm. You're made in the image of God, right? You're like a, a representative of God here mm -hmm. in this part of God's creation. Yeah. And so if you're rejecting yourself and rejecting what you are and how you were made, you are in essence rejecting God because you're rejecting the idea that you are an image of God. And so... Aliens become natural because that's the next thing. You still have to fill that psychological void mm -hmm. somehow. Sure. So I think all that shit's related one way or another, and you're just going to see more of this crap. Yeah. I. You know, and there's UFO people that'll be like, oh, I'm glad, you know, this, this topic is finally getting, you know, serious attention. It's going to start getting normal people involved and things like that. And... I understand that sentiment, but, but that actually scares me more than anything. Same. Because what you see now, even with guys like Louis Elizondo, Chris Mellon, John Radcliffe, John Brennan, James Clapper, what do all these guys have in common? They're all intel guys. These are mm -hmm. all CIA, DIA, whatever. Well, they now own the narrative. And so it used to be you heard from UFOs and aliens from your drunk uncle at Christmas Eve dinner, right? Right. Well, now it's 
government said so. Did you see what the military said? Did you see what the government said? Did you see what they said, what they said, what they said? Uh. And trust the science, trust the science, trust the science, follow the science, and give us some more money so that we can research this stuff in secret. Oh, we have secret documents we can show you, but we can't show you all of it because it's real crazy and we're not sure, so we'll just show you a little bit of it. They own the narrative now. Yeah. And so if government can just tell you whatever they want to tell you, and then there's all these people that are just so conditioned to lap it up, and they're going to get it through a filter, which is going to be massive mainstream media that Megacorp is pushing on you, which would be somebody just like Demi Lovato, right? Uh, that's what culture is going to consume, and that's what culture is going to think. And so being a kind of lifelong conspiracy-minded individual, I don't know how else to look at that than say, man, this is a massive grooming campaign for something. And that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to mean that the end is like something specifically nefarious but i think for a second if you don't think that this is a way for government to get more money for defense or politicians to exert more clout or power power or you know it's a new narrative it's a new Uh religion you know that's that's what all this is in my opinion ufos just the whole thing's been like super top secret super the government does not talk about it you know for forever then all of a sudden in the last six months, it's like, oh, yeah, they exist. UFOs are real. Yep. And then you got these celebrities coming out and talking about it, and it's like, what? No, like, some, that doesn't, no, something's off. I'm yeah. sorry. I, and I believe in UFOs, and I believe there might be sure. aliens out there, but I'm like, no, like, something is not, this. it's just too freaking weird. Well, the other thing that I wonder that I think people don't think about enough is that if government knows something about these aliens or these aliens are have discussed something with the government and it's secret for reasons like that, why are the aliens deferring a level of authority to human authority? And why would human authority keep that quiet? Mm-hmm. Well, what does that tell you about the power dynamic between the human authority and the alien authority? Well, clearly the aliens have the upper hand, but why wouldn't they want the rest of the planet to know? Are they really worried? I mean, think about that. That's shady as fuck. So that would alone tell me that these are things you absolutely cannot trust. Because if they're being so disinterested in the human condition is to think that, uh, you know, these institutions are the things that everybody really wants and, and looks up to just because they exist is ridiculous, considering how advanced they must be to get to the point where they are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you basically have two versions of aliens that could travel space. You've either got, you know, libertarian utopia, free market took over, raw, unfettered capitalism, and Uh there's 100 million different people in space for 100 million different reasons, or Soviet Union. And space is just this militarized Nazi zone. Yeah. And this kind of behavior would tell me more that it's the latter. So, I I don't know. I'm incredibly distrusting of the entire current narrative and that's not dismissing that you know they might be real or they might exist it's just there's something going on so it's like i said it's too weird i don't well even even the original i don't want to say original but the atip program which is kind of one of the things that kind of got all this going was harry reed giving a secret contract to his pal robert bigelow and when i say his pal i mean that literally they're like best buds Mm mm-hmm Bigelow also is a big campaign donor to him. Harry Reid comes up with this secret contract to do a bunch of aerospace research. Nobody bids on it except for Robert Bigelow. Robert Bigelow gets the money, and the money's secret. So it doesn't have to be audited or get explained to Congress or shown to the people. Nobody even knows it exists. He just gets a big, fat, blank paycheck to do what he wants. So he goes and builds a top-secret facility so that he can be able to apply for other secret government contracts in the future, Mm -hmm. right? And then he goes and chases his hobby on the side at Skinwalker Ranch and stuff like that. And at Skinwalker, you get a lot of guys that you see now, Eric Davis, Hal Putoff. uh, And that's kind of where ATIP even spun off of was the Skinwalker thing with uh, James Lekatsky, I think. James Lekatsky, something like that, was one of the DIA guys at the time, the predecessor of Louis Elizondo. And this all kind of spirals into that. And as ATIP came out more and more, we've seen this narrative ramp up away from ATIP and towards whatever there is now, which I would also take to think that there's a...
Hang on for a second. No, that's good. <laughs> oh, I guess they're... Uh... A tip. Lost my train of thought. A tip. Skinwalker uh, Ranch. Rubber yeah, regular yeah. Earth. So, so they're kind of masking all that stuff up and making it seem like it's super serious. But at the same time, they never actually tell you what A tip was actually doing. Because mm-hmm. if you go look at anything we can see, it looks like it was just one giant waste of money. Yeah. Right. So, you know, yeah, government's got something to do with UFOs, but that doesn't mean it's all just not bullshit. I mean, even look at all these Navy videos we've seen. I mean, they're giving us like just complete crap. They could take a blurry picture of a beer bottle cap on a driveway. And say that that's actually a UFO flying in the sky. Sure. Nobody would know the difference. No, and just especially. Like, oh my God! Did you see what this pilot said? And it comes and from like, the military, so we just right. trust all. Yeah, yep. all, just. I don't buy it. Don't. Well, and I don't. I I get it, right? Uh, not violating a clearance. I understand that, but what these guys are alluding to is something that would, you know, could in theory change a lot of people's minds about the universe mm-hmm. this is a big deal this would be a yeah. major milestone moment in human history bar none but they won't say anything about it well not for another what's today is it 23rd what day is it in june that defense bill supposed uh, to i don't remember the exact day but it sounds like it's going to get pushed off till uh july oh i didn't know later yeah they keep acting like it's going to be late which is interesting so uh google throwaway alien Reddit, and you'll see it pop up. Oh, that's that guy you were talking about the other day. Yes, yes. So he made a couple posts in a subreddit about, you know, abductions and stuff eight years ago. And it's all basically about, uh, you know, what the aliens are really like, and he has no idea what they're doing, yada, yada, yada. And then everybody's, oh, this is crazy, this is bullshit. And he's like, hey, I think this is would be bullshit too if I hadn't experienced it. But, you know, just wait, because July 2021, I can't remember if it's the 8th or the 18th because their language is, you know, not real clear. Everything's going to change and everybody's going to know. And then, lo and behold, June 2021, right? We're supposed to get this thing. Oh, by the way, it's going to be delayed. That's weird. Holy shit. T-Tor 2.0. Well, because in the guy's <laughs> posts, he didn't really say anything that was super out of left field. Like he was basically saying, hey, I've been abducted every couple of years since 1987. They don't come at night like they show you in the movies. They just find you when you're alone and they just kind of tell you, hey, we're going. And you got to go and you'll be afraid. But they have a way of like, he doesn't really, can't really describe it all that well, but they can make you more calm and want to follow along with them. And they can put thoughts in your head, but they can't read your mind. And then they go up there and they just ask questions. And a lot of the questions didn't even make sense. It was just like random crap. Like they didn't understand humor or meaning or emotion or Mm -hmm. weird stuff like that. And he says he never really knew what they wanted or what they were doing. They'd always get angry when you tried asking them questions. Like, that was one thing that was kind of off limits. But they didn't really seem evil, but they didn't really seem good either. You never really got to see a whole lot. And it was just, you know, come July 2021, that's when everything they said was supposedly going to be different. They were from super-duper far away, so far away that humans couldn't even comprehend it, so they never really even explained it. It's the gray aliens, so kind of the stereotype you see, except they're not really gray, they're kind of beige tan but even that's a little bit misleading he says because they're actually wearing some kind of like a a tight suit or mm-hmm. something like that um yeah i don't know it was interesting so yeah google throwaway alien reddit i meant to see uh, it pop up i meant to click that link the other day and i forgot to so i could go read it myself when you posted it so do you think the aliens and all like this high-tech stuff that we talk about i mean do you think that that society would also annoy its population with advertisements on everything (laughs) like do they have to watch like in order to get to space did you have to watch 20 ads per alien youtube video right you know i was thinking about this uh well so the listeners ford wants to patent a technology that will annoy drivers with in-car like ads yeah so imagine like driving down the highway and you go by a billboard while you're listening to your music or whatever and then the billboard takes over your radio and you know God, Come how, to Carl's Jr. How know? bad would that be? Oh, man. And I'm not even thinking, like, also, like, let's about, like, new vehicles that have, like, screens. Because, you know, the technology is right. getting so good. Like, lots of new vehicles, like your truck, for instance. Yep. Wife's car. What used to be, like, aftermarket thousands of dollars now just comes stock in these vehicles. Yep. 
So what happens when you pass by that billboard? And then it plays a fucking ad also on your screen well, while you're driving. Every time you start your car before you can put it in drive, you have to watch a 30-second ad. Oh, no. <laughs> unless you obviously pay. Right, unless you pay to have the, the ads premium. removed. Yeah, yeah. Be some shit like that. <laughs> it's like Apple, you know, Apple came out with that... Uh, ad uh, uh, uh tracking thing you know like right. not to allow tracking for uh for apps which is for data for ads and stuff so now they're gonna go to cars and do it instead. right and see where you go yeah that's just nuts that's mind-boggling that <laughs> there'll be people that do it though i mean imagine some i mean because yeah. what it's probably going to be is like if, if you know if we don't blow ourselves up before then it'll all be electric cars and they'll be mostly self-driving to some extent and you won't necessarily own a car, or a lot of people won't own a car. They'll just, like, you'll have a subscription service with Ford for, like, kind of like a timeshare of a mm-hmm. car. You know, that every day at 6 o'clock you have a vehicle to come take you to work kind of thing. Yeah. But then it doesn't, like, stay at your work in the parking lot, right? They're just another one comes and picks you up at 3.30 or something like that. Sure. And so this is a way into that. Right. Oh, yeah. Just the whole time you're in the car, just ad ads, ad fucking after. ads. Fuck. It's going to be like being in an airplane and having, like, in-flight Wi-Fi. Or like, you know, stuff like yeah. that. It's all the little extras you got to buy to have it while you're in the car. Otherwise, it's just going to like, oh you know, my God. today in Ford, hit XM radio. Yeah. There's three ads and two songs and then four oh. ads and one song, you know. I'm pretty sure like these futuristic sci-fi movies, there's been stuff where like there's ads like in cars. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna. I remember there was a Vin Diesel movie. I can't remember which one it was, but there was just ads like crazy. Oh yeah, it's this is the future. I'll be imagine when you're in a hurry too, and you're like, "Fuck, fuck, fuck!" Come on, like the thirty second hat has to right. play. Right, oh, it's gonna know? be the new horror movie yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! Well, man, I probably ought to cut this, so I gotta get get back home. But you have anything else you want to bring up today? No, I think that'll work. Cool. All right, folks. Well. That will do it for this episode. Have yourself a wonderful day.